Issues with Terminology and Statistics in Weight Science, Part 1. This is the Weight and Healthcare Newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. In the past, I've written pieces specifically about issues and mistakes that are made with terminology that is used, let's call it differently, in weight science, as well as common statistics mistakes and mishaps. Today, I'm offering an update on terminology as part one, and in part two, we'll talk about statistics. Terminology trouble. It's not weight loss. It's obesity treatment. It's absolutely weight loss. This change in terminology is part of weight loss industry marketing, feeding into their goal of having simply existing in a higher weight body, regardless of health status, cardiometabolic profile, etc., be considered a chronic lifelong disease requiring lifelong treatment. Spoiler alert, the treatment is, wait for it, weight loss. This is problematic both because it almost never works long term and because higher weight people are constantly uncritically being told to lose weight to cure or prevent health issues that thin people get. The weight loss industry also uses this to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge important questions about whether or not their treatments, even if they did lead to significant long-term weight loss, which they almost never do, do anything to improve actual health. By calling it, quote, obesity treatment, they are able to call body size change, often even a tiny amount, a successful intervention, thus avoiding an awkward discussion about the fact that becoming thinner and improving health measures, cardiometabolic health, etc., are two different things, understanding, of course, that health is an amorphous, individualized concept and is not an obligation, barometer of worthiness, or entirely within our control. They are also using it as part of a strategy to get around insurance rules that forbid the coverage of weight loss treatments. Still, weight loss treatment by any other name would still have a near 100% chance of long-term failure. Next, we have the term weight-related conditions. This is a term that is used for health conditions that have been correlated with being higher weight. As we often talk about in this publication, and as they discuss on the first day of literally every freshman research methods class, correlation does not imply causation, which is to say that just because two things happen at the same time, we cannot assume that one causes the other. We have to, at the very least, explore the possible confounding variables, which here include weight stigma, weight cycling, and healthcare inequalities. So, a ton of research, much of it cranked out by the weight loss industry, correlates being higher weight with health issues, studiously avoiding controlling for or even discussing known confounding variables. Then these correlated health conditions get called weight-related and used by the weight loss industry and others in arguments about why higher weight requires treatment. In truth, weight-related conditions are just health conditions that happen to people of all sizes that get called weight-related when higher weight people have them. Next, we have sustained weight loss. When we hear that a study or intervention resulted in sustained weight loss, it may conjure the assumption that participants lost weight and maintained that weight loss. More and more, though, I'm seeing the term sustained weight loss and everything from research to weight loss industry press releases to media articles used to mean subjects lost weight and were steadily regaining it but hadn't gotten back to their baseline weight when we stopped tracking it. This seems to be a weight loss industry tactic to counter the fact that they haven't been able to create a weight loss method that actually creates sustained weight loss, so they simply redefine sustained and start using it to mislead people about the outcomes of their interventions, much like they've done with relapsing remitting. Whether it's making up terms or redefining common words to suit their purposes, we have to remember that the weight loss industry, including within the healthcare system, is a for-profit industry, and it markets like one. 
Thus, we have to be careful and diligent when we are reading media, press, and research directed, created, and or influenced by the weight loss industry. In part two, we'll take a look at some statistical shenanigans. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox, or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and the work that goes into it and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.